Hello, TTB community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the very gregarious Robert Demena. Each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. Awesome. Thank you for the introduction. So before we get into the podcast today, I want to announce something. So starting in January, we're going to slightly change the scheduling of the podcasts. Our plan is to continue to release the Bytes episode at the beginning of every month. And then after that, we plan on getting out at least one, maybe two guest episodes, depending on what we can record. So the reason for this change is simply because Elliot and I do have full-time nine to five jobs. Plus, Elliot now has an infant. Congratulations. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> and I have two young children. So it's just truly a matter of not having enough time in the day to take care of our families, do our full-time jobs, and continue to report record this podcast with as many guests as we did previously. The goal is to continue doing the podcast, and hopefully once our kids are a little bit older and things are they'll a little bit more stable, yeah, we'll start doing it again. <laughs> no, they'll do it. <laughs> they'll do the podcast. Yeah, they'll, they'll carry the torch. Yeah. So uh, please, uh, hopefully this isn't too, too much of an inconvenience to you, and we appreciate you uh, continuing to listen to the podcast. Um, now, the second thing before we get into the podcast, this is the Travel Bites episode. If you yourself are listening to this and you have found interesting travel news during the course of the month that you would like us to discuss, we encourage you to send that to us. Uh, ideally, the best way to reach us is either via email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or if you direct message us through Instagram, we'll, we'll get that message pretty quickly and we will thank you for it. We'll throw it in and we'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. So as Bob mentioned, this is the Travel Bites episode. Quick rundown. Um, we will be talking about Saudi Arabia. We're going to talk about some websites in every country, the rise of sleep tourism, an American tourist in Italy. We're going to talk about TSA. We're going to look at the first electric air passenger plane and its inaugural, inaugural flight. We're going to talk about New Newark Airport. And then lastly, a little fun one, uh, a man on drugs on an airplane. So travel tip of the week, if you have a major expense coming up, i.e. home renovation, major purchase, getting a car, I don't know, anything big, it's worth looking into signing up for a travel rewards card that has bonuses associated with those. So get the card, meet the spending limit for the bonus, pay the card off, and then use those points for a hotel, car, or flight accommodations. If you want to find out more about this information, go to our episode 165, How to Travel for Free. And before we get started, if you like this podcast and find us entertaining, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. If you love us, we'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts as a story on Facebook or Instagram. And we post these clips on Facebook and Instagram pretty much every week and uh, share it with friends and family. And if you really want to support us, you can do so through our uh, Buy Us a Coffee, Buy Me a Coffee, and <laughs> our... Redbubble merchandise. Pretty awesome. We've got hats, t-shirts, whatever you possibly could think of is probably on there. And lastly, please consider some of the awesome travel products we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. 
You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be plan efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure. Yeah, and now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our services pages on our website and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. We know that tweets can get you canceled. Uh, this is uh, a, a severe and extreme case of that. So what happened was an American citizen who uh, was traveling to Saudi Arabia, visiting family, um, was arrested over tweets that he posted years ago. So he was sentenced to 16 years in prison by Saudi Arabia. He's a 72-year-old man. Um, living in Florida. And the, from what I understand, the tweets were critical of the Saudi government, the Saudi regime, you know, as it's completely clear, they're pretty, uh, they have a pretty horrible treatment or a pretty horrible track record of treatment of women, um, individuals in general. So, and anybody uh, critical of the government and anybody critical of the government. Yeah. Good point. So now that we put this out there into the airwaves, Elliot, we cannot visit Saudi Arabia. Mm, um, likely. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm going to avoid it. So anyway, this is, but this is really serious, very sad and really unfortunate. Um, yeah, I, I it, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that there's a country that's willing to do this, especially one that's trying to become more modern and is trying to paint themselves under this new light where they, you know, they let women drive and, but it's all sort of a facade. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of Saudi Arabia, I guess, to put it lightly without saying too much here. Um, I think sports, I think like the, the F1 should get rid of the race there. I, I it, it's, it's a very different culture. It's something that we don't necessarily understand, but it does conflict with a lot of the progressive social things that we see as commonplace nowadays. Yeah. And, and so I know the new prince, so Muhammad bin Salman, He's supposed to be transforming the culture there. 
And that's sort of what he's trying to push to the people, especially to the West. I think they're trying to appeal to the West. They want to be more active in the global economy and things like that. Now, but just just recently, they also sentenced a woman to 45 years in prison for damaging allegedly. the country. Yeah, for allegedly damaging the country through her social media activity. Uh, in addition to that, a university student from England was sentenced to 34 years in prison for spreading rumors and retweeting dissidents, a case that drew international outrage. Um, yeah, so in addition crazy. to that, yeah, the guy who was sentenced to 16 years, this most recent case in the subject of the article, said that once his 16-year travel ban is up, he's also um, – 16. It's a 16-year – prison sentence and then a 16-year travel ban yes correct so essentially he won't be able to come home to the united states until he's 104 years of age if he reaches that age so he's essentially locked in that country for the rest of his life a true shame incredibly horrible really sad ah and like i can't imagine that like that's 32 years from now i'm not even 32 Wow. Yeah. It's like for my, tweets. That's an entire life. For tweets, for just posting something on social media. So that's yeah. the country. Uh, and this is the type of stuff. There's a laundry list of, of stuff like this related to Saudi Arabia. And so don't let them fool you. Yes, they let women drive, but it's all facade. I, I They're still holding on to these values and they're not the good guys. And I I don't, I, I, I'm not a fan of that country. I know, I, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of the government of that country. The people there, I'm sure, are very nice, very phenomenal. I'm sure it's a lovely place to travel yeah. and experience. And we, we've mentioned and that eat. before, that the, right. the government right. doesn't always represent every single person in that country. Right. So I sh- I'm glad I was able to clear that up. Okay, next one. This is a really interesting article. Man, why don't yeah. you take this? And not, not necessarily super related to travel, but certainly interesting nonetheless. And it's basically the most visited website in every country that isn't a search engine, because I think Google... Yahoo, they, uh, those would probably top the list pretty much everywhere. Uh, so Wikipedia, though, is the most visited website in 43 countries. Amazon, believe it or not. I, mean, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it, too, is the top website in the U.S. and only three other countries by visitor count. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, I the thought most... it would be more prevalent in other countries, but I guess because of how consumeristic the U.S. is... It makes sense that it's the most visited. Yeah, and I don't think Amazon is as prominent in other countries other than maybe Canada and like England. I don't know of a lot of I don't know if it's being used throughout the remainder of Europe beyond like beyond beyond England. Like I'm sure they're using it, but I don't think they're using yeah. it like we're using it. Yeah. Um I, I still believe Amazon is still working to establish warehouses and logistics in those countries that makes sense and i think it's still in its infancy for a lot of europe um bbc is the most visited news website in the most countries at 12. all right um the bbc is the most visited website in the uk period yeah and yeah so amazon gets 2.66 billion visits in the united states every year that's wild Reddit is the top website in Canada. Nintendo That's awesome. is, I've, I've raved about Reddit and you still haven't gotten onto it. Yet. I haven't. I don't need another social. I've been decreasing social my social media. media time. It's not no, social media. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that I'll have to like be on and scroll through. And I, I have, I deleted Facebook and Instagram from my phone. I'm like, I'm going back. I thought about like getting the oldest iPhone possible. <laughs> I want, I want to be on my phone less and less. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo is the most visited site in Guatemala. 
fantasy and fiction gaming forum Sufficient Velocity is is Puerto Rico's most visited site. Which is very, I've never even heard of that. That's why. Yeah. So Wikipedia is the most visited in 15 of the 38 European countries. And get this, Twitter is the top in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That is, that is really interesting. I'm honestly surprised Saudi Arabia hasn't blocked Twitter altogether with, with how critical of. I am too. The regime, you know, that website I'm sure is. Um, South Korea has yeah. Tistory, which I actually have never heard of. A few of these I haven't heard of. Um, in Liberia, I, this is interesting. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah, only one quarter of the population actually uses and has access to the internet. And <laughs> the movie database, IMDB, is the most visited website. Yeah. Liberia is a very interesting country. If, if for those interested in looking into it, that is the result of... Um, you know, the, the the slavery that took place in the United States. Liberia is the location of the African-American people that went went back to Africa. So after the ending of slavery, um, um, they, the I, I don't even remember how exactly this happened, but the Africans went back to Africa and they created this state of Liberia. They adopted the United States government form of system. I believe the dollar is their form of currency. Um, and uh, they're very much into movies, apparently. It's an interesting, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Interesting history. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? All right. So the rise of sleep tourism, to sum it up, it's essentially people traveling to locations or to hotels with the goal of getting very good quality sleep. That's it. <laughs> this is, this is a fascinating the fact that we have the rise of sleep tourism is just fascinating. It's sad. It is sad. Ultimately, that that's what it comes uh, down to. Uh, you go through it because I have, I have, I think, several criticisms of this. Well, I mean, so over the past 12 months, Park High in New York has opened up the Bright Resort of Sleep Suite, which is basically a 900-square-foot suite filled with sleeping sleep-enhancing amenities. And a bunch of other places have done the same thing to increase the wellness, increase your ability to sleep and get quality sleep and i don't i i I don't think we need to go through everything on here it's just basically people are getting less quality sleep and they're trying to find places to get that sleep okay yes but this is why this doesn't make any sense because well-being through quality sleep while while uh essential to well well you know while quality sleep is essential to well-being going on vacation to do that doesn't make sense you need quality sleep on a regular basis for yes. well-being so having getting a week or two weeks of quality sleep throughout the year and then just destroying your body the remainder of the year it, it doesn't do anything for your well-being so this model is is inherently flawed um it doesn't it doesn't actually enhance your well-being no if the only quality of sleep you're getting is on vacation this is basically a sleep diet in my mind because people are using this as a trend to try to get a little bit better sleep it's like going on a diet for a few weeks to get in better shape before like a vacation and then you go you revert right back to your old habits of eating poorly and then you're not you yes. don't have good well-being anymore so yeah. a, a lot of this article does talk about the global pandemic appears to be a huge part of it. The study showed that 40% of 2,500 adults 
found a reduction in their sleep quality since the start of the pandemic. And I don't know what the factors are for that. The study didn't really go into it. But if you want to get better sleep consistently, some things should change regularly in your routine. Yes, it's all and about routine. We don't fully understand all of the benefits of sleep and what improves sleep, but we do know certain things do help, like not using your screen right before bed. There, there. So if anybody's actually interested in learning more about how they can enhance the quality of their sleep, there's this podcast called the Andrew Huberman Podcast. He's a neuroscientist out of Stanford. He owns his own research facility and everything. <clears throat> and it's a phenomenal podcast. But this guy has whole episodes on how to enhance your sleep from the second you wake up. Seeing daylight in the beginning of the day starts your, you know, your circadian, circadian rhythm. Um, and there, there's all these different things you could do. I won't get into them here, but check that out. But yeah, you, sleep is foundational for essentially everything you do throughout the day, uh, the longevity of your life. And so to try to do a sleep vacation is just mind-boggling to me. On top of the fact that vacations to me are supposed to be about experiencing the world experiencing yes. new cultures and yeah. not spend not getting a hotel room to just spend sleep. your time in it um if you really need sleep that bad just take off for two weeks and rest in your own house well i think that's, why would you I spend all this money what people are talking about though is that they don't want to do that they feel like they've been cooped up from the pandemic yeah all right all right let's move on um <laughs> so i think there's a lot more to that article but i still think it's backwards I don't, I don't see it catching on. I do I not see, see this catching on. No, I don't think, I don't think it's going to last, and I don't think it is a solution. I think it is a temporary fad. Who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, we'll be listening to this podcast and be like, whoa, we didn't know anything. <laughs> the, what, the top 10 countries to spend your uh, you know, entire time in a hotel sleeping yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have an American tourist smashes two sculptures in the Vatican, and this is not the first time it's happened. It's has happened in other museums and it seems to be happening more and more frequently. Um, the object was around 2000 years old and it was a thought to be a secondary work of art rather than the famous work. So it's interesting. He wanted to see the Pope. So, so that's he, why he, he was, smashed it. He was in the, he was in the Vatican and he said he demanded, the article said that he demanded to see the Pope. He was told no. And so he smashed one statue out of anger because he was told no and then the other one was smashed as he was like trying to flee um yeah this is this is bothers me because essentially this is going to ruin it for the rest of everybody everybody you know what i mean you're going to see more uh more ropes and glass cases around the things that you're going to see and so it's just ruining it for the people that actually are there to enjoy it to experience it um so this is this, this is, is something that bothers. This me. is interesting because when I when I first glanced through this article, I I definitely took something different away, and I was expecting to read what I thought I was going to be reading. So I'm glad <laughs> you stepped in there because I was assuming he smashed it because it was uh, either a stolen piece or he was protesting, which are the articles we've seen recently with the yeah. Mona Lisa and the anti or the pro environmentalists against oil like taping themselves to a wall taping themselves the paintings did you see the uh they just threw tomato soup all over the paintings um I didn't van see gogh or oh this was just the other this was like last week this this girl this activist woman threw uh like a whole can of tomato soup 
Now, the thing that they don't in all the articles that, you know, it's part of the media's job is to like sensationalize the art, these articles. So they threw the tomato soup. But then I actually looked into it and there was like a glass case over the painting. So it didn't even ruin the painting. Um, yeah. But, but it's the same with know, the Mona Lisa, the guy that spread the cake on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're protected pieces. And yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. But there was a fascinating John Oliver last week tonight uh, about museums and specifically historical museums that have different artifacts from different places around the world. And Bob and I are currently working on trying to put together a travel around table to talk about museums, their place in the world, and if they are no longer needed. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between art pieces and historical artifacts. So and we can get into that then. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, now I want to add something, but so right. the 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 one thing I, I I don't think you can deny that the, the a lot of the British museums, which is the subject of John Oliver's piece, is that a lot of it was stolen. You can't deny that 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 that's true. I think, I, I and I don't think that these the the British should keep these things. That's the controversial thing, right? I think that they owe it to these cultures that they stole them from to give it back to those people, so those people can enjoy it because it is their history. Um, now, but I, but at the same time, I think that England is a perfect place to have a museum that has all of these artifacts. Now we have 3d printers. Why not replicate, do, replicate these pieces yeah. and continue to have exhibits so we can learn someone traveling to London can learn about these other cultures. Cause I do find that to be really important. So give the artifacts back 3d print or replicate the pieces, keep your exhibits and say to see this real exhibit, you have to go to Liberia uh, or or the Dominican Republic of Congo, like wherever yeah. they were actually stolen from during the imperial era of the British Empire. So I think that's the solution, personally. Yeah, and we'll hopefully have that as an episode next year. Yeah. All right, so these next few articles are all about flying planes, all this good stuff. So TSA actually had its highest number of passengers since February of 2020 that's yeah, it. coming back. So that was almost two and a half million passengers passed through the airports in the United States on Sunday. Uh, which Sunday was that Bob? Uh, you know, one of the ones that just passed. <laughs> All right. But that's, that's big. That means it's coming back. It hasn't peaked since the, um, it hasn't come close to surpassing the same data date in 2019 when it screened over just 2.6 million, but it, it seems to be coming back, and I think holiday prices, especially Christmas, all of this is starting to push travel further and further, even with inflation. Mm -hmm. The price of travel is high. I, I, I'm, I feel like I lucked out because I don't really have anywhere to go. You, with an infant, I'm sure, aren't really booking any flights, but a lot of people do still need to travel. So if you're one of those people, remember to consider uh, the flexibility of your time is the cheapest way to get a flight. Book it as well in advance as you can. Um, and then if you're flying internationally or even domestically, always look into whether or not going to smaller airports or different airports can help you. So if you're flying from Philly and you want to go to Rome, it might be cheaper to fly to from Philly to London and then London to Rome, things like that. So those are those are ways to sort of get around it. But I think regardless, um, you're going to pay a lot. My family, some of my family members went to Rome um, two weeks ago, and I know that they spent, uh, I think, a thousand somewhere between a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars like per ticket to get there when uh, i went it was uh like 550 dollars a yep. year ago yeah. so that's that's a ridiculous price increase um and you know right here we're seeing the demand go up and 
I know a lot of these airlines are still struggling to find workers from baggage claim people all the way up to pilots. So it's going to be an expensive, I think, remainder of 2022 and probably into 2023 for travelers. So um, just consider that. Yep. All right. And this next one is right up my alley. Bob, I think you're getting into this a little bit more now that you've been talking to me for the last six years. You know, I'm all for it. I just, once you get into the, like the electrical, electrical components, like I don't need to know how to plane. I don't need to know how the plane works. No, but I, I, I'm I all for either. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So an all electric passenger plane took its inaugural. Damn, I cannot say that for the life of me. Inaugural <laughs> flight. Wow. Um, I think it's because of this stupid Invisalign that I've had in my mouth for the last 18 weeks. Anyway, sorry about that rant. An all-electric passenger plane took its first flight last or earlier this month, making history in an effort to make zero-emission planes a commercial reality. We've talked about this in our other how to make travel more sustainable in an environmental sense. And while it is a first step, we are still not necessarily close to having large-scale commercial electric flight. So a few stats, the flight was only eight minutes and it reached an altitude of 3,500 feet and it reached up to 260 knots. To put that into reference, a normal commercial plane goes to about 35, 37,000 feet. Yes. And those are much larger distances. And this plane will likely only be a commuter plane, maybe regional, as it can only fly and operate between 150 and 250 miles. With that being said, the propulsion units on planes haven't really changed since the 1950s. So this is a huge step forward for increasing the viability of zero emission travel. And as battery technology improves and as electric engines improve, this will become a reality in a decade or two. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And that should lower the for the prices, yes. everything. So it's, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's interesting to see this in its infancy. And I, I, and we're going to have fun like following this along over the years until yeah. one day we're getting on a commercial airline that is fully electric. Yeah. Maybe we can yeah. crowdfund one so that, you know, we have like this timeshare electric aircraft that, you know, will be around the country, different places. And then people can just- The Traveler's Blueprint private electric jet. Yeah. That'd be I'm awesome. I'm for it. If you want to donate to that cause, let us know and we'll start yeah. hot. <laughs> All right. What's next? Okay. Uh, there is a snake on a mother effing plane. To quote Samuel L. Jackson from Snakes on a Plane. To quote, you know, you know, not, verba not verbatim. If you want to hear the unedited version, um, we'll put it on our Patreon. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have a Patreon. All right. So anyway, there was a snake on a plane, Newark International Airport. Um, and it was a garden snake. It was under a foot long. They got the plane or they the plane landed they took the snake off the plane no one was bit it wasn't a it's horror a movie snake. it was a little garden snake and that's the end of it that's the whole article yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was it uh samuel l jackson was not actually involved but <laughs> i'm glad i got glad the opportunity that. yeah <laughs> to say that to say that without giving it yeah without going into any any uh actually saying the curse word so yeah funny, okay funny story let's move on all right so I'm, I'm just going to start with this one, and then you're going to take most of it. But a man took some magic <laughs> mushrooms and then assaulted United flight attendants. Then assaulted United flight attendants. Yeah, so he yeah. took mushrooms. He was flying from Miami to D.C., took a bunch of mushrooms. The first time he took them, he said. So Great idea, first of I all. think right from the beginning, whoever this guy is, 
to where he was sober at one point and said, I'm going to take mushrooms. I'm going to take mushrooms for the first time. Then I'm going to get on an airplane. Uh, you know, I don't understand it. Um, so, something, something in that thought process was wrong to begin with. So yeah, yeah, he made a lot of bad decisions in in order. Like in, in just, yeah. I don't understand. So he once he was on mushrooms, the plane is flying. He grabbed the arm of the person sitting next to him. Then he started wandering around the plane. Then he started running up and down the aisles. Then he started clapping near the cockpit and yelling obscenities. Uh, <laughs> then he went into the bathroom. He broke off a piece of the bathroom door and then opened it when a passenger was inside of the bathroom. Um, the flight crew eventually got him back to his seat. And then he started screaming and having these outbursts. Then he laid on the floor. And when a flight attendant attempted to get him back into his seat, he refused. And then he grabbed her breast. So uh, this sounds chaotic to, to have been on this airplane with this guy on mushrooms. Then when he oh, finally, I'm sorry, yeah. He said, the, the guy said it wasn't his first time taking him. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I, I, I misread that then. Um, <clears throat> okay. So then they finally calm him down. The plane lands. They get him off the plane. And he's investigated, or I'm sorry, questioned by the FBI. And that's when I guess he told them that it wasn't the first time. He, all he remembered was being out of his seat and then touching people and being loud. <laughs> so he okay. has been charged with assault and with interfering with flight crew members and attendants, and he will appear in court. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this guy took these these mushrooms, and I, I think there's a lot of promising research that's going to say that mushrooms are help going. I think mushrooms are going to help a lot of people um, with with mental health disorders with PTSD, they're already seeing that. And it seems to be very promising, specifically the research coming out of Canada and uh, the UK. It's, it's where they're really studying it. And they're finding these this awesome, getting a lot of awesome information that seems promising. So I don't want this to give mushrooms a bad name. I am going to bet that this person who was willing to take them on an airplane at, at a dosage that's high enough to where he would do these things probably would have done something similar if he had taken six shots of tequila or drank a pint of vodka. Like, I don't know if it was necessarily the drug that did this, rather the individual on the drug that did this, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, you know, this sensational media headline is going to magic mushrooms bad when I think <laughs> it's person bad. Yeah. And we have, as the Traveler's Blueprint, talked about drugs a lot as it relates to travel and culture yes. throughout the world. Right. So I think we've had three or four different ones, all of them with Scott Light, who is an ethnobotanist, talking about the effects and yeah, that was the effects of these drugs and or the yeah. plants and the, the chemicals in those plants that make different effects or give humans different effects. So it's always it's always very interesting. And I think Bob's right. I think this guy just has that's part of his personality. The Anybody who ever has tried or thought about mushrooms knows that, that like it's a setting type of, of of experience. And this guy, to get on an airplane full of strangers, <laughs> you're just you're just asking for a bad bad experience. So yes, yeah. All right, that 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 concludes our news <laughs> articles up this month. We have two awesome women uh, that were on the podcast. One is Sarah Weaver. She is all about investing in real estate while living and traveling abroad. Really inspirational woman who uh, taught us a lot about how, what a side hustle really means. 
Then we have Melanie Warnick, and she wrote a book called uh, The Anywhereist. It's essentially on how you can live anywhere, a really awesome and unique spin on the digital nomad phenomenon. And so we really, we really unpacked that with her. Uh, so, go ahead. Thank, thank you for listening to us. Uh, if you love the show and you want to support us, again, you can do so through as little as a dollar a month through buy us a coffee. And you can do it through the Traveler's Blueprint merchandise on redbubble.com, or you can go through our website. And if you want to support us in a non-financial way, you can do it by sharing our podcast with friends, family, coworkers, you know, nephews, any of that, nieces, whatever. We don't care. Just share it. And also consider giving us a review on iTunes or any other podcast platform. Stay safe, stay healthy, and tune in next week.